Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time for a quick spoiler alert. France is playing Australia. Australia scored first. It was 2-1 for France at the half, and Mbappe has just taken over this game. Uh, headed one home to make a 3-1 on a nice uh, header, and then just walked an Australian uh, defender and then sent a cross from his left foot into the box and it was squared home by Olivier Giroud for his second of the game. And uh, the defending world champs are looking pretty good. And Australia was a massive underdog. I think they're ranked like 87th or 88th in the world. And France, uh, they've got to be in the top four, I would think. And I know Argentina lost earlier today. I think they're third. I think Brazil's number one right now. But, uh, wow. All right, there's your... Uh uh, World Cup update. And again, I, I did give you a spoilers alert, so there you have it. It is currently 1.36 in Edmonton. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort in Casino Hotline and welcome back to the show Edmonton Oil Kings General Manager, Kurt Hill. Hello, Kurt. How are you doing? Doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. Now, are you a fan of uh, soccer? Uh, I, I do watch. I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but I definitely now with Canada in. I've probably gained a little bit more interest in it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've sort of switched, right? Like I've always loved uh, football, but I've I've sort of moved. To be frank with you, and maybe it's just a byproduct of the elk struggling. But I'm I'm, I'm certainly a far bigger NFL and NCAA football fan, and I am the CFL these days. And then I used to like college basketball, but not as much. I'm not a NBA guy at all, but I do watch a fair amount of European club soccer. So, um, wasn't big into the politics behind the scenes with FIFA, and there's a wonderful documentary on that, but you never know how things work out and how the little uh, power structures work in leagues and those sort of things. So let's talk about your situation with your hockey club. You know, it's funny, Kurt, because and it has been the impression of some that at various different times there's teams that didn't always play above board, and sometimes it had to do with the procurement of uh, specifically American players into Canadian markets to play, and it seemed like Portland, as an example, maybe London, uh, were able to get a disproportionate amount of American players, you know, guys that would be drafted by other organizations and end up having to be traded to those clubs and those sort of things. But I, I think it's important, uh, because of your involvement with the Oil Kings, the WHL is quite stringent, specifically, I find, on Edmonton and Calgary, because, of course, those teams are owned by NHL organizations. And you worked in that league office. There's some pretty succinct rules there, aren't there? Oh, certainly, especially when it comes to, <clears throat> to recruitment and uh, obviously getting players to come play in your markets. There's a pretty hard set of rules with what you can do and what you can't do with players. And, you know, obviously with uh, some of the sanctions across the entire CHL that we, we've seen come out in previous years, they've been pretty significant. So, um, obviously, from an organizational standpoint, uh, staying within those, in those rules is extremely important because those sanctions are they're pretty tough on you. So, as a result... In theory, success in major junior hockey for teams 
should be cyclical to a certain degree. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it's. I think it is a fair assessment. I, you know, I think there's obviously if you you can get the right American guys probably that want to come play in the CHL. I mean, some of it's, uh, you know, some of it's recruitment, some of it's just a little bit of luck with, you know, the right guy being there at the right pick that, uh, or maybe a guy that was previously committed to going to college or going to the USHL that has a bad experience and wants to come to the league. I mean, those are situations that can happen and uh, you might have a pretty good player fall on your lap that way. And the same is said, I think, uh, for European players as well. I mean, there was a time, as an example, of Vancouver Giants. And you got to have relationships with agencies, uh, but the Vancouver Giants seem to get a lot of uh, Czech and the uh, Slovak players. Uh, you guys have got a re- uh, Vern Fiddler's son is technically an American player. Now, you, did you end up with the number one pick in the U.S. draft the one year? Yeah, that was that was um, in the two thousand eight two thousand seven age group. We had the first overall pick in the in the U.S. draft. Yeah. Now that is not based on standings, is it for that draft? That previously was just a straight lottery, a twenty two team lottery. But uh, the rules have now changed, and uh, this upcoming year's draft is going to be a little different. I, it's going to be the the six teams that don't make the playoffs are going to be in a lottery for one to six, and then the remaining teams will be uh, based on standings. Okay, so you guys are in the position you're in. You, you know, you, your, your deepest team probably was two years ago. The problem was you didn't have a chance to play for WHL Championship. You won the Alberta Division. I think you guys went 21-2 and two that year in the modified bubbles that you guys had. Last year, of course, you won the WHL Championship. You finished the year with, what, five guys off of Team Canada's World Junior Team on your team. Unfortunately for you guys, a couple of those guys were hurt at the Memorial Cup, including Dylan Gunther. Now, you have made a couple moves so far. You, you traded uh, uh, Pro Cop to uh, Seattle. You got back a first-round draft choice. And since we last had John Jakob Demick, who was out uh, at the start of the season with a shoulder injury, fourth-rounder for... Uh, uh, Vegas, uh, you moved his rights to Kamloops, who's hosting the Memorial Cup, and you got a number one in that deal as well. Maybe just take us through how that deal with Demick ended up working, and obviously Kamloops must think that he's going to be able to come back and uh, be a significant ad here uh, for the uh, Memorial Cup. Yeah, well, with Demick, I mean, at the start of the year, um, you know, he get, he gets shut down with surgery, and, uh, you know, his, his timelines to come back at that time were probably about the end of February, and uh, he went for his most recent assessment, and the timelines had kind of progressed a little bit, which kind of makes it the end of January now, and, you know, with that being after the trade deadline and us having another two imports on our roster already, we were going to be forced to make a decision uh, kind of before the trade deadline, and, uh, you know, some teams started sniffing around a little bit, and they kind of just kind of caught fire from there. I think there was a lot of teams talking to one another and uh, heard he was potentially on the market and turned into a little bit of a little bit of a bidding war and you know for us the assets are great but it was also a good opportunity for us as an organization to give uh, Jakob a, a, a place to go to play long this season you know to the end of May for sure guaranteed and uh, put him in a spot to, to you know play as many games as he can this year and have a chance to move on to pro so- hockey next year in the Vegas system. Yeah, so you got a, was that a 2023 number one? It turned out to be Regina's number one, is that right? Yeah, so that's Regina's to 20, that's their Regina's first pick this year in 23 and the first we recouped and uh, the Seattle deal was in 25, which uh, that was the only other year we didn't have a first and that was uh, the one we gave up for sort of. So we've recouped our first in 23 and 25, so we're back to having all our first in the next four years. 
Now, uh, I know we talked a little bit about uh, Bill Armstrong, the GM of the uh, Arizona Coyotes, uh, about Jacob Chikrin. Um Have you got, uh, we're watching the Shane Wright situation with Seattle closely. It's, and Brendan brought this up, it, it looks tailor-made for him to end up back in junior, or uh, with Team Canada for the World Juniors uh, after he does his conditioning stint in the A. Have you recently talked to Bill? Because I'm, I'm going to hazard a guess, even though Gunther's been somewhat productive, he hasn't played every game in Arizona. To me, it looks like he might be headed to joining the World Junior team as well. Yeah, I think, you know, when I chatted with uh, with him kind of closer to the time frame that uh, he let me know that he wasn't going to come back after the nine-game mark, uh, he said there would probably be a pretty good potential, potentially a pretty good chance he was going to go to the World Juniors. And, uh, you know, but there at that time was no indication that he'd be coming back to, to junior hockey after that point. But I guess we'll kind of see where the next three weeks goes and if he ends up on that World Junior roster. Yeah, and, I mean, if he does end up back in junior, uh you know, Dylan Gunther's from Edmonton, but I, I'm, I, you know, I, I'm sure Arizona in that scenario would want you guys to facilitate something as well, where it could, he could have a, a longer season. Because I mean, you're in the position you're in. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I don't. I think the with what we've done here so far this year. I mean, and we got a pretty young group. We're pretty committed to, to building with them right now, and you know, I think. Uh, they're learning more and more every game, especially learning how to manage games and stay in games, which, uh, you know, last week and I thought the last three games we've started to really gel a little bit more as a team and we had pretty good results last week. So you were at which event over about a week and a half ago where Gavin Hodnett might have been your best player? Yeah, I was at the under-17 event for uh, for Hockey Canada, Canada managing the, one of the teams there. And how many teams does Hockey Canada have in that event? They have the three in the event, and then there's the four four international teams. Obviously, with Russia not being there, there's just the four now. Usually, it's an eight-team event, but yeah, the three Canadian teams. So, 66 players from Canada there. Can I ask you why they do the three teams, and why they just don't have one team? Yeah, well, it used to be five, right? When it was territory, that was probably about uh, you know seven or eight years ago when they they went down to the three teams. But yeah, I think it's just kind of a, a bit of the mandate Hockey Canada has within their organization. They want to try to develop as many guys as possible and give as many guys as they can international experience before before they got to cut down to one team at the U18 level. I think they just think it's uh, gives them a bit of an advantage once they get to those levels and you know for bringing guys back into the program. Maybe if they don't make the U18 team to bring them back to the world junior team i think just i think familiarizes more players with hockey canada and and the way they they operate when you're at an event all right so specific to hodnett who's one of your first round draft check he's a little bit he's a smaller kid but uh you know he comes back from that event then ends up putting up three two and five on friday night which is a pretty impressive total for what a, a 16 or 17 year old yeah, he's 16, and you know he's playing over 20 minutes a night right now. It's uh, getting a ton of experience, and you know I thought at the U17 event um, he he blew out expectations for what people probably thought he was going to do there. And um, he's an extremely smart player that has high high compete level. So even though he's a little bit smaller, you know he he knows how to play small. He knows how to put himself in the right spots, and he's an elite playmaker. Oil Kings general manager Kurt Hill. Is there a comparable player that's come through the Western League over the last 15, 20 years that people would know of that's gone on to play pro to to Gavin Hodnett? Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, the guy I think of is Matthew Phillips, played in Victoria, Calgary Flames draft pick. Pretty good American Hockey League player right now. That's that's probably a good comparable for him. I don't know if he's got quite the shot yet. He's getting there, but I think there's. I think he's got the potential to put up the same numbers Matthew Phillips did in our league. Uh, you talked about the European situation. I know I've had a couple different guys bring up Wojtek Port, who's a, uh, a, a right-shot skill defenseman. you got uh, Ladislav Schmid helping you out, who's also a, 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 a Czech. Uh, you guys ended up getting this guy just as it worked out because I think Red Deer was maybe surprised with one of the European uh, that gets set off back. Maybe that's who ended up returning, but uh, we saw him in the uh, rookie tournament. But uh, I've noticed Port's name on the score sheet a couple times. Yeah, very, very smart D-man too. Got a lot of offensive abilities, and yeah, he started to play extremely well here over the last two weeks. He's um, he's taken on a pretty big role too. We had Dohaniak out for a little bit, and he had to play some pretty big minutes in in some of those games. And you know, it just seemed with like with that opportunity, he kind of blossomed a little bit. And um, just keeps getting better, getting more climatized to the the North American game, the North American ice, and you know, I pretty much got almost every NHL team kind of sniffing around him now with the way he's played lately. So he's definitely a guy that's trending up right now and around the league. Kurt, I got a lot of time for right shot D and right shot centers. Cole Miller's a big rangy guy. You got him in with the Oil Kings last year. Cole Miller had some good moments for you. I mean, you had some success further down your lineup. Jackson, we've got a hat trick in one of the games of the Memorial Cup. I thought Miller gave you some uh, good minutes, but he's had an up and down season this year for you. He's a six foot four, 190 pound right shot center. What's, a, what's he now, 17 or 18? Is he draft eligible this year? He's draft eligible this year, yeah, he's 17. And, you know, with with Cole, I think it's he's had some really good really good moments this season. And, you know, he's had a couple injuries where he's battled through those. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things for those guys that they're learning right now in our league is they they got tough matchups. You know, it's we don't have a lot of 20-year-olds and 19-year-olds in our, in our lineup that are playing against teams' top two lines. And, you know, so most nights that's the matchup that Cole Miller's going to land. And he's, you know, learning how to play responsible on both ends of the puck. But, you know, I think uh, his game's definitely improved from the start of the year. And um, especially last weekend, I thought uh, he played really well the one night with uh, Hodnet. And, you know, I think they're kind of starting to find a little chemistry together. And a guy to continue to watch here as the season goes on for the draft. Yeah, well, those, you know, those sort of guys are, uh, you know, they're always worth taking a swing on. I just, I want to ask you about a couple different teams in the league. Is Seattle philosophically a Phil LaForge Jr.? Are they the ones that are most similar to your approach last year? Like, you guys were in on every big player. You ended up getting Pro Cop from Calgary. You got Caden Gooley from uh, Prince Albert. Uh, sort of ended up coming in from Vancouver. Um, is, is Seattle a team that's been the most aggressive out there in the marketplace? I certainly think so. They've been, I, I think one of the reasons is maybe just the the amount of players on D that they had graduate. And I, I feel like we were in the same situation. You know, it's, when Robertson and Cap, you know, those guys graduated, we knew we were probably going to have to add two to three D men to have an elite group. And they were in a similar boat with Bauer leaving and a couple of their older D um, where they needed to add quickly and uh, wanted to try to beat the market. So they've certainly been... Um, the most aggressive here out of the gate, but uh, I guess Winnipeg and and Kamloops aren't far behind. Well, and so they've added Nolan Allen, who was a late first round pick of Chicago. Uh, they get Luke Prokop uh, back as a as a twenty, and uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, had one of their guys, Jeremy Hansel, uh, who sort of was their number two defenseman behind Korchinski, the the seventh overall pick for the Chicago Blackhawks, and and so now they've significantly upgraded. And I'm led to believe. Do you think they're done, Seattle? 
Well, the thing is that uh, they've already made the deal and they're waiting to see what's going to happen here is with Brad Lambert. Like, that deal's already done with Saskatoon and, uh, you know, it's already been announced and everything. So if Brad Lambert's sent back to, to Junior, he's going to Seattle. And that's kind All of right. a decision that probably will be made over the next month here. Give us the schedule this week for the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt. Yeah, the team's heading on the road, so we're in uh, Medicine Hat to play the Tigers tomorrow night, and then uh, we play in Swift Current Friday and Saturday. So three games on the road, and um, yeah, we've played a lot on the road here the first half of the year with a young group, but uh, we're excited to get back out there uh, tomorrow night after two wins on the weekend. Kurt, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob. That is Edmonton. Oil Kings general manager, Kurt Hill. It's 150 in Edmonton. We'll get to a couple of your texts and uh, this day in Oilers history that many of you were a part of when we return on Oilers Now. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford did such a great job selling their trucks and SUVs. They're in need of more. You can trade in your vehicle for an upgrade or sell it to them outright. Whatever works best for you. Remember, if you order a 2023 truck from Brent Ridge Ford, your interest rate can be locked in as low as 3.99%. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6058. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Do want to mention the best pizza in the city, still make it a great Royal Pizza. Everything is real at Royal. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for 50-plus years for a menu and a list of their 50 15 Edmonton area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop recommendation of Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. As we head off to List Day and Oilers history, presented daily by our friends at New West Travel. Jason and Dennis and the gang at New West Travel. This January, they got an Oilers Now three-day roadie to Vegas to see the Oilers play the Golden Knights. Reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. I remember this day well. 19 years ago, back on 2003, November 22nd. Brendan, what happened? It was a lot colder than it is today. The first ever outdoor game played at Commonwealth Stadium in minus 30 wind chill between the Oilers and Montreal Canadiens. 57,000 167 watched the Habs down Edmonton 4-3 despite a three-point night from Oilers defenseman Steve Steos. This game, Bob, was also the first NHL game broadcast in high definition on CBC. There you go. Nicely done. Reed Wilkins has inside sports night from 6 to 8. What's he got going? Uh, the old uh, Luke Gazdick-Kelly Rudy duo for you tonight. There you have it. Uh, tomorrow, Sportsnet's Mark Spector for Aquarian Renovations. Brendan's going to be hosting the show. 
because I'm going to be on the bus leaving uh, downtown New York at uh, about uh, 1 o'clock Edmonton time as we head into Long Island. We'll also have an Islanders perspective on tomorrow's show and David Stables from the Cult of Hockey. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 Jet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Thank you for everybody that participated in interactive aspects to the show. I know on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, uh, we have a lot of commentary on... uh, Ryan Reeves and many of you were split 50-50 on that topic. Off to Global News, weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.